just tried to keep up with them as we were trying to lead as um, youth leaders. And in the thick of that time, in about, I think it was, kids got saved in 77. Um, I think it was the, sp the early spring of 79, I think. It may have been the spring of 78. We were preparing to go to a, a retreat. The youth were singing up in a really small community called Harrisville or Harrisburg, I think, Harrisville. Cindy, were you there? We went up north. We stayed in cabins. Yeah, I think you were there. Chuck and Carrie may have been there, and, and the rest of our kids are out and about somewhere else at this point. But we were being called to be there, and I knew I was to speak to the kids that weekend about Jonah. And so I read Jonah, and I read Jonah, and I read Jonah, and I read Jonah. And one day I was down in the shower. I was planning on coming up and preparing. But while I was in the shower, this song started coming to me about Jonah. And I thought, well, that is the weirdest thing that ever happened. And, you know, this whole melody, this whole deal. So I came upstairs and I wrote it down. And then I upstairs, showers in the basement, you know, get, get dressed, come upstairs. And I just sat and I, I wrote it down. And as I sat there a little bit longer, a line would come and I'd write it down and another line would come and I'd write it down. And it was a really peaceful about half hour that I just spent with the Lord and one line upon another line upon another line until we had a story of Jonah. And I've been telling that story for the last 40 years. But what's really, really interesting, although the story itself stays the same, the moral of the story afterward changes. So today in the house of God, it's a time to laugh. It's a time to celebrate. We've had some times of, of, of tough stuff, and we've gotten through it, but it's time for us to laugh and celebrate, and we're going to hear this, um, the story of Jonah today in storytelling format, and I need a drink of water before we do that. Yes, praise God, and we're going to pray before we do it, and I'm going to go up. Up top for that, when we do it, then we'll come down and look at the moral of the story. So, Father, we thank you that you are good. We thank you, Lord God, that you love us and you have plans for each one of our lives. Lord, I thank you that in your word you said there's a time we're in life that we'll cry, but there's a time that we're going to laugh. And I thank you, Lord God. I say in the house of God today, this is a house of laughter, but a time also to hear your word. I thank you, Lord God, for the words that have already been given. I thank you, Lord God, that we're not to cast our confidence. Thank you, Jesus, that we can stand on the confidence of God, and we can stay with all boldness because we know who stands behind us. We're not standing on our own, but our God is behind us because we're speaking his word. We thank you, Lord God, that we can hear your voice, and we can hear it clearly, as Dakota said. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your, your goodness and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want us to think about today we have already heard from God. We've heard the word of God several times. I see a few people with things to write with. If you don't have something to write with, most of us have our tablets. We've got our, our device. You need to write the words that God gives us because if you don't, you know what happens when you walk out the door. They walk out your head. And there's an enemy that, that does that. He comes to, to steal and to kill and destroy. And so we need to write it down, write it down, write it down. And I'm going to say use your devices for that, but don't use it for other stuff. Because if you do, you'll be multitasking and the word of God will come to you, for you, and you will be somewhere else and you will miss it. And you'll miss your deliverance. You'll miss the things of God. I do want to start out before we get to Jonah. Uh, I've been keeping one of my little grandsons this weekend. And, well, since... 
Wednesday, I guess, and he's three, and so he's full of wisdom. And today he was, while I was getting ready, he was sitting on my bed and he saw one of Mark's Bibles that he had there. And he said, well, Grandma, what's that? And I said, well, that's one of Grandpa's Bibles. And he said, I want to read it. And I said, okay. So I picked it up and gave it to him. And, he, and then he handed it back to me and he said, what does it say about farming? He is a chaffin, you know. And so I said, well, it does talk about farming. And I talked about it talks about where you plant your seeds, that sometimes people plant it in the road. Isn't that silly? And the birds come. Yeah, that's not good. And so we went through that, and then he wanted it back, and he decided he would read to me. And I said, okay, what, what does it say? And he says, don't say poopy butt. Don't say poopy butt. <laughs> and I laughed, you know, even a three-year-old, oh, it, it made me laugh, but then I thought, the Bible isn't just a bunch of regulations and things you don't do. It's so full of life with the, the directives that give us so much blessing. But the little three-year-old, that's the one thing he's been reprimanded for lately because that's his, his name of choice. <laughs> and so he, he's got it. You're not supposed to say that. And, um, but I just thought that was really my inspiration for the day. So, Father, we thank you for Jonah. We thank you, Lord, for this story that, that impacts us. It impacted way back, and it continues to impact. Father, I thank you for recall to be able to tell it the way you gave it to me, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the biggest fish story ever told, and it's true. It's a story about Jonah, but listen carefully. It also might be the story about you. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Listen up. This is the Lord. I want you to go to Nineveh and tell everybody there that in 40 days I'm going to destroy their city. Me? Go to Nineveh? You know, they don't even believe much in you. I don't think that's such a hot idea. Jonah, I don't recall asking for your opinion. Go to Nineveh. Me? go to Nineveh, I'd walk down the streets and I'd loudly proclaim, the Lord's going to get you, the Lord's going to get you, and then they'd get me. Oh, whoa, I don't think I'll go. Me, go to Nineveh, I'd rather be dead. I probably would be dead. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. That's Sin City. You know, I think I'm going to run instead. I am not going to Nineveh. I think I'll hide. Um... But, but where can I hide from God? <laughs> Let me see. I'll go under that rock. Nah, I get squished. Hmm. I'll join that flock. Bad idea. Hmm. I'll change my name. Oh, shoot. He's God. He's still going to know me. I know. I'll go to sea. There he'll never find me. A sail and I will go. A sail and I will go. I'm going to hide from God. A sail and I will go. Do -do 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 -do. Do -do 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 Which way did you say this boat's going? The opposite direction of Nineveh? <laughs> Anywhere but Nineveh. A sail and I will go. A sail and I will go. Do -do 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 -do. Da -da -da -da. Now that I know that this old boat's going to stay afloat. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to hit the sack, take a nap. I'm going to the deepest, darkest cranny in this ship in the sea. Not even God's going to find me. Well, while Jonah slept, a great storm came. The wind howled, the waves roared, and the whole crew knew that they were in danger. 
Now, these, these guys didn't believe in God much, but they figured out somehow that God was mad at one of them on board. But who? The captain knew where Jonah was, went and got him, brought him on deck, and the captain said, which one of you? Is it you? Is it you? You over there. Is it you? Nobody'd fess up. So the captain said, we'll draw straws, and whoever gets the short one will know it's your fault. So the first one drew, and the second one, and the third one, and Jonah, it is me. It's my fault. You see, I'm a Hebrew, and I serve the God, Lord God Jehovah, and, and he told me to go to Nineveh, Sin City, and I said, no, they kill me, and well, just throw me over. If you throw me over, you'll be all right. But what would you do? The captain, he didn't know what to do. On one hand, he kind of liked Jonah. On the other hand, he had his ship to think about. But what kind of a captain throws a paying customer overboard? But if he doesn't do something quick, the whole ship's going down and he himself is going to die. <laughs> it's been nice knowing you, Jonah. Grab him. One, two, three, and they threw Jonah overboard. Sploosh. And just then, the howling stopped howling, and the roaring stopped roaring, and all was calm, and all was quiet, and everyone on board started to praise God because they knew that the Lord God Jehovah had just saved them. Meanwhile, back in the sea was Jonah, of course, doing the backstroke. And how long can anybody keep that up? Well, this is a great note. Here I am. I'm in the middle of the ocean without a boat. Oh, and it's starting to get dark. And I think I see a shark. Oh, no, he will eat me. What a way to go. He'll start with my head, and he'll go all the way down to my toe, and there won't be nothing left of me. Wait, <laughs> wait, I see a tail. It's, it's not a shark. <laughs> it's only a whale. Whew, I can relax. No need to worry about whale attacks. You see, whales, <laughs> they don't eat people. They only eat fish. <laughs> I don't look much like his main dish. Whale? Whale? Whale, you're getting awfully close. Yipes, let me go, you overgrown guppy. That's my toe. Don't you know whales don't eat people? You know, Nineveh doesn't sound half bad. <laughs> oh, 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 I wish I was in Nineveh instead of a place like this. I wish I was in Nineveh instead of the belly of a fish. Oh, I wish I'd gone to Nineveh when I still had the choice. <clears throat> I wish I'd gone to Nineveh and listened to God's voice when he said, go to Nineveh. I wish I'd gone. Then I wouldn't be here singing this dumb song. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> oh, oh, I wish 
I was in Nineveh instead of here to die. I wish I was in Nineveh. I think that I'll just cry. <laughs> oh, oh, I wish I was, I would have obeyed. Oh, go. Are you still eating? Don't you know it's really squishy in here? If you keep eating like this, you're going to be sorry. <laughs> sorry. I could write the book on sorry. <laughs> I, I just want to tell God, I'm, I, I'm really sorry. I was wrong. I should have gone to Nineveh all along. Go. Oh, my. How can I even think to repent when this floating elephant thing, and it's got the hiccups. My, how time flies when one is in the belly of a whale. <laughs> I must have been here three days and three nights by now, <laughs> and I've witnessed the intake of an unfathomly amount of seafood, and it is very squishy and uncomfortable in here. And there's been at least 3,200,000 and one hiccups. Whoa, what's going on? This feels really weird. <laughs> Sploosh, <laughs> I am free, I, I, I am free. <laughs> that great big whale, <laughs> it just threw up. <laughs> oh, oh, this is great, I am free. Jonah, now get this straight. Go to Nineveh, it's not too late. <laughs> I kind of recognize that voice. <laughs> Me, go to Nineveh, I am on my way without delay. <clears throat> And Jonah went to Nineveh, and he went through that city that was a three-day journey in itself. And all through that city, he was, in 40 days, God is going to destroy this place. It's so wicked. In 40 days, God is going to destroy it. And Nineveh's sin city did not get mad at him. They didn't kill him, skin him alive, or any of those things that they were famous for. Nineveh repented. Nineveh wore sackcloth from the king down to babies. They wore sackcloth. They wore ashes. They fasted. They repented. And because they repented, God stayed that judgment. And all of Nineveh rejoiced. Everyone there rejoiced, except for one, Jonah. Jonah did not rejoice. And we'll, we're going to get the why he didn't rejoice and the, and the moral of the story for us. That story happened a long, long time ago. It's happened before Jesus. And people have questioned it. They've said, is that true? Was there some great fish that swallowed Jonah? And maybe that was a fable. But Jesus himself only referenced three prophets. He talked about Daniel. He talked about Zechariah. Think either Zechariah or Zephaniah, one of the Z ones. And he talked about Jonah. He talked the most about Jonah. He said, just like Jonah spent three days in the belly of a fish, three days and three nights, I'll spend three days, three nights in the belly of the earth. So, what's the message in Jonah for us in 2020? The first part's the same it's been since I've started telling Jonah. Sometimes we think 
If we don't know the Lord, sometimes we think there's no way that God could love me. There's no way that God could love me because I am so bad. I have messed up so many times, there's no way he could forgive me. But God sent a prophet, Jonah, who went screaming and kicking, by the way, to Nineveh. And Nineveh was one of the most evil empires ever. They ruled the world. They were enemies of Israel. They did horrible things. They, they killed people by inches. They were the torturous bunch. We know where Nineveh is. It's where ISIS re reappeared some years later, which did awful atrocities in our day. How many of us want to get sent there? Yeah, not so much. But God loved them so much. He sent a prophet there. It wasn't time for his son. He loves us so much that in the middle of our sin, when we are disobedient to the hilt, he sent us Jesus. None of us are too far gone that we can't receive the saving grace of our Lord Jesus. So that's the first part of the message. The second part of the message is new off the press to me. It was there all along. I just never saw it. But when we look at this story and we look at, well, what about Jonah? Jonah was a man of God, and he heard from God, just like Dakota. I'm sure he could hear it all here and knew specifically. And he specifically heard, and he specifically disobeyed. He did not want God to forgive Jonah or to forgive the Ninevites. He hated them. He wanted them to die, so he didn't want to go give them a message and a second chance. So he disobeyed. And in his disobedience, you know, sometimes I've talked to people and they say, well, you know, I would rather say I'm sorry later because I know God will forgive me. I'd rather do that than ask for direction. And they're saying that because they already know what God wants them to do. And they'd rather later say I'm sorry. And, you know, we can do that in our life. And God is a forgiving God. He can love us. But those mistakes, those choices we make that are against his will, there's a wages, there's a payment for sin. How many of us want to take three days in the middle of a, of a whale ride? I've seen whales. I've seen them jump. They're really cool. I don't want to go inside of one very much. And, you know, is that even possible? In the 1890s, there was a whaling boat, and a young man fell off. They thought he died. They thought he drowned. Later, when they were, they, sometime later, they caught this whale within like two or three days. As they were, you know, doing what they did to the whale, inside his stomach, they found a man. He was alive. He was whole. He was bleached white. His hair was, you know, crazy white. He never recovered. I mean, his skin was always that way, and he mentally wasn't so sound after that. Whale rides can be expensive. Whale rides can cost us. Whale rides and disobedient acts can, can really set us up for a lot of things God will redeem us from, but there, there's price to be paid sometimes. There's a price to be paid. Sometimes the price to be paid are children being raised without parents because there wasn't a marriage, because there was disobedience, because, because of sinful acts that we knew, that we knew we did, went ahead and did anyway. We've all done that. Thankfully, God forgives. 
but we need when we're going into decisions to think about what's when God says this is what I want you to do he doesn't say it because he doesn't love us he says it because he loves us the whale ride of venereal disease the whale ride of babies without daddies they're hurtful they're hurtful God loves us when my kids were little I said don't play in the road I didn't say it because I was mean I said it because there's a road and there are semi-trucks going down the road. And you know, there are times they could have gone into the road and come back and been fine. But there are times you don't see the truck coming. And sometimes, sometimes people get away with some things it looks like, but truck coming, truck coming. God loves you. Stay away from the trucks. I mean, unless you're driving the thing, stay, out of it, stay away from the truck. So Jonah's disobedience cost Jonah, but it didn't just cost Jonah. I want us to think about one day there was a man that was a sea captain and he'd probably been buying his wares and, and taking money and he and buying his cargo so he could go to the next port of call so he could sell that so he could make his boat payment so he could pay the guys that, that were on the boat with him so he could take some stuff home some some bread and some some food home to his babies and his wife and he had a boat and, he, and, and somebody said hey can I can I pay you for a ride he said sure he was a good man. He was an honest man. We know that because when Jonah said, throw me over, he had the guys row harder. He tried to save him. He was a good man. He was an honest man. And that good man and that honest man almost died because he had a man named Jonah in his boat who was being rebellious. That good man, that honest man said, throw the cargo over. We don't know if he lost his boat, his way of life. We don't know if he was able to pay his crew. We don't know if he could feed his children. He had a man in disobedience on his boat. It cost him. Our disobedience doesn't just cost us. Our disobedience costs people around us, people that we work with. And mostly, honestly, it costs our families. Costs our families. I've been here a long time. I've seen families come and go, not just individuals. I've seen families come and go. And sometimes God called them to another work. And sometimes they ended up at another church. But sometimes they just went. And I worked children's ministry most of the years of this church. And I've seen little sweet kiddos that were growing up in this church, some that God had a call on their life. And I saw those little sweet kids pray, and they prayed with a sincerity that just touched your heart. You knew these babies loved God. And I saw their mamas and daddies get offended, sometimes at each other, and they chose to walk away from each other. Sometimes they got offended at a at pastor or at one of the elders, or they, I don't know, but they got offended, and they walked out. They didn't go anywhere else. They just walked out. And I'll run into them at Walmart or, you know, all the places we go. And they talk like Jonah. They talk in Christianese really well, like Jonah. I'm a Hebrew. I serve the, I'm a servant of the God Jehovah. No, he's not a servant of the God Jehovah. Servants serve. He's not serving God. He's running. But he had his, he had his Jewish ease on. We have our Christian ease on. Oh, bless God. So good to see you. Praise the Lord. We're doing great. Praise the Lord. It's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I see your kids. Your kids are going to hell in a handbasket. I'm sorry. Your kids are using drugs. Your kids are messed up. 
Those were the babies that were in my class. What are you doing? What are you doing? Mamas and daddies in here, I want to tell you, offenses will come. The Bible says they'll come. It also says don't take them. Don't take them. Love covers a multitude of sins. Don't take offense. People in here are going to look at you cross-eyed, cross-ways. <laughs> Maybe cross-eyed, then we'll pray for them to be healed. Yeah. <clears throat> but people are going to look... We're going to look at each other funny. We're not going to say something when we should say something. We're, we're, because maybe we're thinking of something else. We're going to get, feelings can get hurt. Feelings can get walked on. But we're tougher than that. The enemy works in the world of feelings. We walk in the world of faith. If you choose to walk out of this church, then go somewhere else that God calls you to. But until God calls you to go, don't go. Stay here. Your kids are in a ministry that they're speaking in tongues and they're praying for each other and they're seeing each other be healed. Keep them there. Keep them there. Guard the people in your boat. Guard the people in your boat. Teenagers, I've seen parents' lives pretty much ruined because of decisions of teenagers. That teenagers chose to walk the wrong way. And the parents ended up with legal fees. They ended up with all kinds of stuff. That really, I've seen parents want to retire, but they can't because they're paying the debt of their teenager. They're doing things. And now the teenagers repented and come, but there was a price to be paid. The teenager paid a lot of it, but mom and dad paid a lot of it. Protect those people in your boat. Protect the people in your boat. Those people in your boat, they love you, and they want, to, they want to stand by you. The other thing that happened to Jonah that I never saw that was like, whoa, this was as plain as a nose on my face. I never saw it till a couple weeks ago prepping for this. Twice in the book of Jonah, in Jonah, the first chapter, let me read you what he says. And it sounds like he's being a good guy, but if we think about it, I'm thinking there's more going on than that. In Jonah 1, he says, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, and the sea will become unto you. For I know that for my sake it's a great tempest. He's saying, throw me overboard. And again, in the fourth chapter, he says, um, ah, fourth chapter, fourth And now, O Lord, just take my life from me, I beseech thee. It's better for me to die than to live. The fourth chapter, he didn't get his own way. God did not destroy Nineveh. And he's, Jonah, when he disobeyed, he's a prophet. Prophets are to obey God. When he walked out of obedience and walked into rebellion, he lost his identity. Who is he now? He is not, he is a Hebrew, but he is not a servant of the Lord God. Who is he if he's not doing what God called him to do? God had a purpose for him. He had a plan for him, and he walked away from it. God has a purpose for each one of us. He has a plan for each one of us. When we choose to walk our own way in rebellion, who are we? Our identity is at risk. And when our identity is at risk, we are likely, we're opening the door for depression and we're opening the door for suicide. If we forget who we are and whose we are, that door is coming open. And that that who am I can hit any one of us in here. It can hit us hard. But the enemy's ploy is not so much at us as it is at you. Young people, the enemy is, the onslaught is on attacking youth of your identity. 
when I was a youth, we had a lot of the attack. It is, the game has stepped up. Now it's, the attack includes, are you male? Are you female? I mean, I never had to struggle with that in my identity. I wasn't being attacked by that in social media. It wasn't brought up. It wasn't talked about. We knew who we were, if we were males or female. We did have to struggle with, what are you going to be when you grow up? What am I going to believe? That part's been there since forever. But the who am I has really stepped it up. And let me tell you what the enemy says you are. You are nothing. You are nothing going nowhere. You don't have any plans. And you might as well give it up. And you know what? That, that attack comes. But attack comes to everybody. You just need to know you're at war. And you need to know what to do. So the last part of the Jonah story, and this goes to everybody, but a lot of them, when we're under attack, what do we do? When the enemy comes and says, you're going to lose your house, you're going to lose your kids, you're going to lose, you know, your dreams, you're, you're not worth anything, it's better if you're not here, you answer that. You answer that. And, and a lot of what I'm going to say comes from Nancy Dufresne, God bless her. I learned so much from her, and she put words to, to thoughts I had that I didn't know how to, how to put together. But see, the attack was on me. When Mark died, the attack came on me twice. The first time, I did the right thing. Second time, I'll tell you about so you can learn from it. But the attack came, and the attack came really strong with, with this whole darkness, and, 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 it, and I know grief, and I've taught grief, and I know the stages. I did decide not to, not to cooperate with them and not to participate. But, but all that darkness came, and I spoke to it. I answered it, and I said, no, I am not going to, I'm not giving up on my faith. My God is faithful. My God is true, and my God's word is true. And I stood, and I answered it, and I told it to leave, and I went into praise and worship, and it left. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise a standard with his word, and you speak to it. If the enemy comes in with your stupid, dumb, and ugly, so what do we say to your stupid, dumb, and ugly? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I have the mind of Christ. God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. I am not stupid. I have a sound mind. And you answer it, you tell it to leave, and you start to praise God. You start to praise and you start to worship. You can answer it really quick. Doesn't take long. You can tell it to go really fast. Takes that long. You get out of here in the name of Jesus. Then you start to praise. That's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. You praise and you praise, but you know what? It will leave. It will leave while we're worshiping God. So we need to not, what Brad said, not to cast off our confidence. Our confidence is in him. We know who we are because we're in the word and we're in a word church. And we speak to, if we don't know a scripture to say, we do, we come up, we can say the, the gist of what we know about God and we can come to somebody else and we can say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Fear's coming at me. What do I do? And you can get scriptures. But quoting the scripture itself will push it back a little bit, but it stays in the room. You need to quote the scripture at it, 
Tell it to leave and start to praise God. Start to worship, and it will break that. Now, I had another attack a few months ago, well, actually right about December, and it was through somebody else. You know, you know, you think about the enemy. He doesn't, he's persistent. If we want to say something positive about him, he is persistent. He came one way, didn't work. The other way was through a family member that said something that they never should have said. Honestly, it attacked my identity. It attacked a lot of things. And the Lord said to me immediately, do not think about that. And I said, okay. Think about it, think about it. Okay. And, you know, and, and the... <laughs> And I didn't speak to it. You know, I honestly, because it was confused, I should have spoke to a spirit of confusion because it put me in this tailspin. And all the time I'm like, I can't go here. If I go here, it's going to take my joy. If it takes my joy, it'll take my strength. I can't go here. But it was kind of going there. I needed to start praising God. I needed to speak to it and say, you get out of here in Jesus' name. I was trying to be obedient. I'm not, I would say, I'm not going to think about it, but have you ever said, I'm not going to think about that? I am not going to think about Suzanne. I am just not going to think about Suzanne. What are you going to think about? Suzanne. <laughs> I love Suzanne, and so that would be a good thing, but, but when we say, I'm just not going to think about it, we're thinking about it. We need to change it up, and you can't answer the enemy with a thought with a thought. You need to answer a thought with a word, and then you need to turn it and turn it to the word and start praising God for it to go. When I finally got that after call, after emailing pastor and <laughs> saying, help, you know, I, I, I'm not dealing with this well, and, and I need to forgive, and I can't forget. It keeps coming back, and he said, I won't rebuke you now. I knew I needed to get it together because <laughs> I needed to hear, I'm not going to rebuke you now. That was the wrong thing to say. That was, that was, that was hurtful. They never should have said that. But you got to deal with it. you got to get over it. And I needed to know that there was a now that if I didn't, he was going to come back and tell me to get over it. <laughs> He's bigger than I am. I got over it. Thank you, Pastor. I sure appreciate it. You know, but we need each other to pull together when we're going through hard times. But when we're attacked, when something comes at our purpose, we need to stand against it. When the enemy says, your life isn't worth it, how do we answer that? Yes, it is. Because the Lord said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to, give, to prosper you, to give you hope in a future. We don't know what those plans are. But God does, and we know God. And God is faithful. So we answer it with that, and we start praising him. Thank you, Father. I don't know the plans you have for me, but you do. Thank you, Father. I don't know what those plans look like, but I know they're good because you said they're good. I know you're going to prosper me because you said you're going to prosper me. And you start praising God and praising God, and it pushes that away. It breaks it off. And we need to win this battle, and you guys need to know the steps because you've got friends. You've got friends, and they're in your boat, and they're having trouble. And they are going to come to you and after they laugh at you for a while for being goofy and weird and coming to a church that, that does weird things. And, but they're going to call you and say, I don't know what to do. And they're going to, they need the word that's in you so that you can speak it over them that God has a plan for their lives and, God, and that they can praise God for it. Now, you need to know when the Lord gives us a leading, it comes with the anointing. When the enemy brings a thought, and that's what he does, he has thoughts. When he brings a thought, he brings the feeling with that thought. 
So if he's against the thought of fear, you're going to feel it because he can move in that realm. And that, you know, that hair starting to stand up on the back of your neck and your body tensing up. Now think about the 23rd Psalm and how that goes. When we, and I'm going to read it to you one section if I can get to Psalms, which, of course, will hide if you're standing in front of people. That's what happens. So we know David, the he, ah, Proverbs, we are getting very close. You can see I didn't mark this in my Bible beforehand because I knew I could flip to that really, really quickly. Okay, and here we are. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Have you ever been in a valley when the shadows start coming out? We don't have a lot of valleys here in Gratiot County. <laughs> no hills, no valleys. It's all, you know, it's all flat. It's wonderful to farm on. That's why we're here. But if you go out to Arizona, I've been in the valleys there, in the desert. And as it starts to get dark, and those shadows start to move, now think about it. This is the valley of the shadow of death. You're, you know, going through this place that sounds not so welcoming, or I don't think they name it that, and you're starting to see things, and you know you have enemies. David had enemies that were trying to kill him. And he's going through this valley. Don't you think he might have been feeling a little bit of fear? Don't you think he might have had the hair starting to stand up, and he's, you know, he's ready, the adrenaline's rushing, but David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That was an I will. By his will, I'll fear no evil. He's saying it. I'm in the midst of this death thing going on all around me, and I will fear no evil. Because you're with me. He's going into praise. And that's how we answer it. Know that the feelings are fickle and that they will pass. The word of God is true and strong, and it will come to pass. So we stand on the word of God. We don't stand on our feelings, and we stand firm because there's somebody in your boat. The things that hit me when I was going through some battles was I've got two boys. I've got two daughter-in-laws that I call daughters. I've got five little, now I have five little grandbabies, and I had four. And by golly, they're going to look at their mama and their grandma, and she is not wavering because my God is not wavering. And my God's not up in heaven saying, why is this going on? My God is standing true, and I am not going to ask him why, and I'm going to stand and I'm going to praise. And I have this church. And I have this church, and they're in my boat, and they're rowing for me, and they're believing with me, and I am not going to let my church down. We need to be cognizant when we're making our choices in our moments of weakness, in our moments of temptation. Who's in my boat? Who do I serve? I want to be able to say, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus, and say it in truth and honesty. And in my boat are my whole family. Because when the enemy comes and says, you know what? I'm going to have your kids. No, you're not. 
No, you're not. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And they are not yours. They are mine. And they are the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are not ever, they are not ever going into your camp. Because you're a defeated enemy, let me remind you who you are. I've read the end of the book, and you're in the lake of the fire, and I am not, and neither are my children. So enjoy your day, because I'm going to have a good day. And I'm going to praise the Lord, and this is a day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it. You know, don't get up in the morning and ask yourself how you feel. Doesn't matter. You get up in the morning, and you tell yourself how you feel. I have joy. I will rejoice today, and I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be glad. I feel well in the name of Jesus, and body, you get in line, or mind, you get in line, because this is a good day. It's the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. So what I want you to get, what I want you to hang on to is, you know, trouble comes. There's an enemy in the world. He's defeated, but he still tries to rear his ugly little head. When it does... You answer it, and you answer it specifically. You know, it, when the enemy comes and says, I got your children, you don't say, Jesus loves me. You, if he says, I got your children, it's no, you don't have my children, and you quote a scripture. When the enemy comes and says, you're stupid, dumb, and ugly, you don't say, well, you know, glory to God, you know, or you answer it specifically. You come back with, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. When you're, you don't have a purpose, yes, I do. I don't know what it is, but God does. And don't leave it with, well, you're right, I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter if you don't know it now. You know, and I want to, sometimes we're in the, as a teenager, I remember looking ahead and it was like, Lord, you know, what do you want to do with my life? And, and I was like, you know, and you're thinking of all these kind of spectacular stuff. Reality, most of our life is the daily stuff. Living for Jesus every day. Getting up, going to work, being positive, speaking the word when you can, not, not being annoying, but speaking the word when it fits. Praying with that kid at school when they come to you and they say, I'm really sick. You say, we want to pray about it. And they think you're going to pray sometime, you know, later. You say, okay, I'm giving my hand on you and we're going to pray because you said it's okay. And, and you love them. And you love them. It's just one day. And when I think about Chuck Clark, what do we remember about Chuck Clark? I don't remember big, spectacular. I remember whenever I needed somebody, I could count on Chuck Clark. He was here every time the door opened, and he patiently waited for all of us to exit the building <laughs> for hours, right, dear? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he would stay because he locked up, and sometimes we were really chatty, and I'm sure Dara had things to do, and Chuck would just, you know, when I think about Mark, I don't think spectacular, but I think faithful and kind, consistent as the day is long. So don't miss the miraculous, which is the daily, waiting for a spectacular, waiting for a spectacular. God loves us. He has plans for our lives. A lot of that plan is daily, daily. And being open to hear specifically, it's the left shoulder roller. <laughs> you know, I want that so bad, too. But, but God loves us. And what I want us to do, how we're going to close is...
we're going to open the altar. And if you're one that's like, you don't know my Jesus, and you might think you're too far gone, or, or you just really didn't know how to connect, there's going to be people up here to pray with you. Or if you're dealing with something, and it's like, this fear keeps coming to me. I don't know how to deal with it, or this, this whatever, and you need a verse. And the people up here, honestly, can, can stand with you in the verse. They can tell that to leave. You have to do your own rejoicing. But what where I want you to is I'll stand, and we're going to pray, and then, then I'll, I'll formally dismiss, and those of you that, that um, don't need to come up, you'll be all set, and you can dismiss and get your kiddos because your teacher's it's a long day back in the back when we don't when they're back for all the praise and worship too. So love your teachers that are back there and thank them immensely. And um, and those of you that need prayer and prayer team, you can head up while we're praying. But Father, we thank you for this place. Lord, we thank you that we can come to amazing grace and we can laugh and we can sing and we can hear your word. And Father, we can get answers for our life. Lord, our God, we thank you for our pastor and for Pastor Sharon, Lord, that they stand for us. Every day, every day, every day. We thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness. We thank you, Lord God, that you've brought the worship team to us, Lord, that, that they just bless us with leading us into your presence. And Father, right now, I call each one of us here blessed. Lord, I thank you they have a plan for us. Lord, we don't always know what that is, but I thank you that you know what it is. I thank you, Lord, you have plans for our, our youth. You also have plans for our retirees, Lord God, that you're leading us one step at a time, line upon line, precept upon precept. We give you praise, Father. We give you glory. And, Father, I just say this will be a good week for all of us as we go into the world to change the world for Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this message that you've laid on my heart. Lord, that I just pray that the things you want to stick will stick, and the, the stuff that you don't will just, just slide off. And we give you praise, Lord. Amen.